You're listening to The Full Broadside. everybody for another episode of the full broadside episode 24 as i recall and even though mando's not here he would jump on me if i didn't say hi everybody i'm cyber jock <laughs> so i'm gonna get that out of the way i did it right the first time i didn't have to be reminded but i knew mando would be yelling at me if i didn't want to listen to this so uh is this like a, a shipaholics anonymous i know right <laughs> that's funny uh with us tonight uh, we've got kj mr sock nimitz nightmare phoenix and in our chat room crimson moon hero partridge polecat and snow dog have all decided to join us tonight thanks for coming guys we also are short armando tonight he may be dropping in at some point we're not sure but for whatever reason he was unable to make it so how was uh how was your holidays guys it was a different different time <laughs> this year uh normally i spend it with friends family uh, but I'm isolated up here in Oregon all by myself. So um, didn't want to travel, didn't want to, you know, cause the spread or anything. So uh, I stayed home and watched a lot of football, ate a lot of good food. And yeah, it was, it was kind of relaxing, actually. Yeah, I actually got a couple of days off. So, hey, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, it was just... Since, well, once school finished, it was just kind of another day in the office every day for a little while. I thought for sure you were going to say it was really cold. It has, well, it was starting Christmas morning. I mean, I, uh, for all you listening out there, my, our furnace died Christmas morning. And as of recording this on January 2nd, we still haven't been able to get it fixed. So it's, uh, it's been chilly in the house, but I'm managing. You guys don't have a furnace repair guy anywhere nearby for that many days? Over the, the problem is there was, but Christmas happened on a Friday, which meant we wouldn't have been able to get anybody until at least Tuesday, because Boxing Day would also be a holiday, which, because it was a Saturday, was moved to the Monday, and we uh, didn't want to pay the like double rate that it would have been to get somebody in. So then we got somebody in on that Tuesday, and then because our furnace is like 16,000 years old, they didn't have the part in stock, so they had to order it that day, which meant that they wouldn't be able to come until after the next weekend, which is this weekend, because um, the 1st of January was a Friday, so that means that the very earliest, assuming the part is in, is going to be Monday. Oh my probably, God. probably more like the middle of next week. Don't they realize it's Canada, it's cold? I mean, no. are you guys expected I mean, like, to, to bring a barrel into your house and throw wood in it or what? Yeah. Well, we have space heaters and stuff. We have a portable air conditioner upstairs, which it will work as a heater. But it's actually doing a really good job up there. But down down here in the in the downstairs, it's quite chilly. So, But I'm, I, I, I must think, be getting used to it because I'm not cold anymore. 
think Sock set up a, a fan behind his space heater to blow heat in his general direction. Yeah, well, I did that more so that the heat didn't settle at the top of the room because, you know, heat rises. Let's let's be honest. The machine that he plays wargaming on, that can heat the whole house. He just needs a fan to circulate that air, and it's going to be fine. Fun fact about that, though, I know we're getting really off topic, is I have my, my gaming laptop set up next to me uh, just running, like, some random benchmark that'll keep it hot with the exhaust air of it blowing over my keyboard so my hands stay warm. And then <laughs> I, and, uh, I leave my PC running with uh, a game open all night so that the, so that it stays warm and keeps some heat blowing okay. into the room. Well, kind of ingenious. Yeah, yeah. First world problems require first world solutions. Yeah, yeah. yeah but anyway, so yeah, that's my that's my holiday update. Well, so, well, real yeah, quick before before we leave you, I I gotta ask. I mean, there are listeners that are from all over the place that that tune into this show. I want to know once and for all, as a stupid American that doesn't know what Boxing Day is, is it some day that you celebrate we're going to box up all of our crap, or is it two guys <laughs> slugging out on TV and it's an all-day marathon of guys beating each other up on TV? Which is, is it? Boxing, I, is Boxing Day not a thing in the U.S.? No. no it, it's, it's, I actually, it's, I, actually I, I know what it is now. But I actually agree with Cyber. Initially, I thought it was about boxing, like two guys in a ring, like beating the well, hell out of each okay. other. Well, so well that, that's it. You know? Traditionally, Boxing Day has been our Black Friday. That's when everything goes on sale, and that's when you do all your shopping. But now, nowadays, Black Friday is a thing in Canada. It never used to be. Uh, so now Boxing Day isn't really as much of a thing as it used to be. But traditionally, like back in the olden times, um. In Britain, back when people had servants, um, you know, you did all your stuff on Christmas Day. You know, you opened all your gifts, and that was the day the servants were working that day. And the day after Christmas, this all the servants and the staff got the day off, and you gave them their Christmas box, which was presents for them. Um, and that was why it was called Boxing Day, because they got their Christmas box, which had ah, all of presents okay. for them with stuff related to their job, usually. At least that's how I understand it. If there mm -hmm. are any ex-British aristocrats in the audience, please feel free <laughs> to correct me. Well, you know, Partridge, Partridge put it in the, in the chat room. He, he, he mentioned that that's where they throw all the boxes away from Christmas, you know, on overwhelming the garbage disposal, but... You know, that, that's one thing that I always thought, too. Well, it makes sense. The day after Christmas, all the boxes got to go away. And then at some point, I'm like, it's got to be guys just pounding on each other. You know, that, that. <laughs> but, you know, and I, we never, we don't have it here. It's on our calendars because, you know, at least up here in the north of, of the states, I mean, we're so close. I mean, we can almost run across the, run across the railroad tracks and hit Canada. Right. I mean, I can see it across the lake, but. It's uh, just, yeah, you know, you got to learn something new every day. And if it's not about warships, why not learn about another country? So, so you know, thanks. Another fun <laughs> fact about Canada, Quebec in particular, day after New Year's Day. So today is a, is a holiday in Quebec because French people. <laughs> Weird. Well, let's not go there again. Let's yeah, not we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nightmare, how was we your holidays? My, we all know my opinions on French people now, I suppose. Yeah, we, we've already lost that country, so. <laughs> it's fine. We don't want them anyway. Oh, man. Nightmare, are you still there? What, what, what was your holidays like? Um, My holiday was uh, dealing with uh, kitten and heat. It was glorious. 
I, uh, yeah, that's it. I live in Arizona. So, I mean, winter time is just, you know, a slightly colder summer. <laughs> and, uh, it, I, um, no, I, uh, I didn't because of the whole quarantine thing. And I'm, I, I know that if I get sick, I, I don't have a way to try to get better. So I have been sequestered in my house pretty much the entirety yeah, since March. Now, and, on, the, on the Arizona winter, imagine me saying this with the most um, condescending face possible. It gets cold at night. My question is, did you find a dead snake yet? Uh, not a live snake either. I'm. I believe that it possibly found a way out of its cage and out of the window and gone. Um, and, and that's what I want to believe because otherwise it is dead. And uh, we won't know yet until uh, it starts to uh, the temperature picks back up. So you know, what? You, you know what I envision? All of those, all of those Facebook shows or or, or videos where your poor neighbor is going to get up one morning and go to use the toilet, and there's going to be a freaking python in her toilet. Yeah, <laughs> thanks to her nice neighbor nightmare. <laughs> You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like a good neighbor nightmare is there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think but we yeah, can steal uh, somebody's jingle. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, uh, my holiday was uh, relatively quiet. Um, uh, my uh, roommate went out and uh, uh, bought uh, some magic boosters for uh, myself, him, and then he bought a, a new tabletop board game. So uh, we sat around and cracked packs and played some games. So. That was uh, pretty much my last week. I'm not going to lie. I thought by magic boosters, you meant some kind of drug. And yeah. then I realized, oh, wait a minute. That I didn't know drugs. you were a magic guy. That is amazing. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, spoiler alert. I'm a giant nerd. So <laughs> if it's something nerdy, there's a good chance I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as for mine, the Christmas kind of came and went. I had it off, so we, we did some stuff around the house. Didn't really do a whole lot. Didn't really go a whole lot of places. Did go over to my mother's. She's approaching her 80s, so she wanted to see everybody. But it was weird because she was hugging everybody with a giant bed sheet. That was kind of strange, and we all wore masks the whole time because, you know, her significant other is going through chemo treatments, and you just you just don't want to bring anything into them. So. But, right. you, did, you know, you wanted to celebrate. She wanted to see everybody. He wanted to see everybody, but we didn't want to bring any, uh, you know, uninvited guests by way of COVID or anything like that. So, um yeah, Christmas was okay. It was fine. No big deal. It did came. It went. I'm glad it's over and we can move on. Hopefully we can start taking down all the crap in the house and we can get back to normal here pretty quick. Um, the New Year's, however, I was working and uh, <laughs> a little quick story. We had some uh, some inmates that decided to party it up and they had their little homemade, homemade prison hooch. And uh, one of them, well, we had a handful of inebriated guys on the unit, but uh, most of them knew better than when they started to stagger to disappear back to their cells. <laughs> so so they I weren't noticed. Ask, how do they go about making 
that stuff. It just, uh, you do I know. know. <laughs> this, this, oh, yeah, really it, it is, it is the most putrid stuff. But, but pretty much they use sh- the sugar packets or jellies that have sugar in it. Like they, from their food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they Correct. they save it. They smuggle it in from the from the mess hall, and they they bring it. In, they 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 put them in their empty Coke bottles or or you know soda bottles, whatever, and they th- pump that in there, and they add a little bit of water, and then they add all kinds of bread and other stuff that has the yeast in it, and they let it sit in the sun. But the problem is they don't have anything to to cook it or or anything to burp it you know i don't anybody who's ever right. tried to make alcohol you got to burp those gases every so often well they add orange juice too for the for the acid and uh yeah oranges and whatnot so unfortunately you can't just cut that out of their diet you know the states have have laws to what you have to feed these guys you have to balance diets and all that stuff so so they have more than enough stuff but i will tell you it's some of the most putrid stuff you've ever smelled in your life but it will get you drunk quickly 20 ounce bottle will get you trashed but it is just if you've ever looked and seen like a thick nasty it looks like a cross between orange juice and tomato soup but it's got chunks of bread chunks of uh jellies it's it's horrible nothing worse than picking that up and smelling it i couldn't drink it there's no way in the world i I, you can't even smell it and what's worse when we got to dispose of it and it's a full bottle you have to open it very slow or it will explode so that yeah it's under extreme pressure so you've got to go into the into the one of the toilets and open it very slow and when they've got 30 40 bottles of this stuff buried in their rooms you know oh it can get bad but we had a guy anyway that that got a little bit trashed and he decided to come up and start picking a fight with me and my coworker and uh let's just say it didn't end well for him he spent uh he's probably still actually in segregation so he made the mistake of doing it on a Thursday night, which meant it was right before a three-day weekend, which means he ain't getting out of there until at least Monday when all the admin people get back. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, I'm going to try so to not-, not make it to next next year, uh, New Year's. I'm hoping to have it off next time. So now that my stomach is all queasy and you know, <laughs> I love to drink, can we start talking about warships now, please? Yeah, Thank yeah. You. Well, we were gone for a little while. We needed to catch up and give everybody a little something. So, you know, happy holidays and everything to everybody else. So. Happy holidays to all those prison maids that are in segregation. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one guy. Well, there's two in there right now, but let's let's not get into that. Uh, I wanted to talk real quick. Uh, Nightmare and I were were playing a game. What was it? Down at tier six, and uh, <laughs> nice nightmare. Yeah, we were down at tier six, and we were in our New Mexico's. And now this was a week or so ago, and we noticed something wow. very very strange. And I wanted to bring it up here and see what you guys had to think about it. But we had he, you know, he was just just getting into the line or something but it was his first run up the line into the new mexico i grabbed my tier six new mexico we dropped in and we were comparing the numbers my dispersion was like 30 points better than his was and i didn't have any additional equipment on it we it was pretty much a stock ship without any extra hull any of that stuff we were pretty much identical ships anybody have any idea why 
I, what I thought was he we solved this. They were both in New Mexico's. So uh, what we had solved was Nightmare had the range upgrade and you didn't. So the way that dispersion is calculated is the value you see is at the ship's maximum range. So longer range naturally will have larger dispersion because uh, the shells have okay. gone further, I, so I, I was unaware that he had the range. Okay, that's, that's what it yeah. was. Because the only other thing that we could come up with is that I went all the way up through the line to the Montana, and then I reset, and this was my second ride up the line. And we figured, yeah. well, maybe his ship had been or was was still the the original ship line and then mine had since it was re-researched the second right. time it had been applied the different changes to that ship line right. as it went up and that's the only and thing that's that why we could i kind think of. of don't like the way dispersion like the way the stat tells you what it is in this game i kind of wish it was dispersion at 10 kilometers because that way it's it's comparable between every ship otherwise you have to take okay that dispersion's really big, but it also shoots 10 kilometers further. So, like, is it actually worse? I don't know. You know, you have to do some, you have to do some math to figure it out in that case, or then well, look it up. Like in World of Tanks, it's dispersion at 100 meters. I don't know the, why they didn't do that in World of Warships. What's the uh, <laughs> maximum range of a New Mexico? If you use all the mods, it's like. At 18, maybe 19. 18, 19, something yeah. like that. I don't have the game open right now. Yeah, because so probably you probably want to be more like a uh, Kremlin or something like that, and you want to go probably like 12 to 13k, and then you don't have to worry about it, right? Well, well, well see, I mean, with 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 my ship, I didn't have that upgrade. The only the only equipment that I had was the turret traverse. So they can move a little bit faster. That's the only thing I put on it because I'm I'm regrinding that line. My concept of the regrinding is to get through them as fast as I can, unlock enough points to move up to the next ship. Yep, and uh, that's what I did as yeah, well. I don't put a lot of time. I don't put a lot. I unlock the stuff. I don't purchase all the extra hull and all that. I just unlock it and keep moving. Um, but mine was like 206 dispersion, and I want to say it was like 16.4 was the base range. But yeah, he was able to reach out a little bit further. So I guess that makes well, sense, and I, I wasn't aware of that. At least we weren't when we were working together. A, a lot of games have, you know, and, and I'm particularly speaking on like handguns and rifles, assault rifles, sniper rifles, whatever. They have a maximum effective range. Um, and then you can add mods to that that would make it less or more depending on what you're comfortable with playing. So I'm assuming it's going to work the same way. Yeah, the makes closer, sense. The closer you get in, the less dispersion you're going to get. But at the same time, you got to come in at a distance you're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. But anyway, I just wanted to wanted to toss that one out there. Uh, let's move to I got I got to ask since we're talking about these ships, I got to ask and and I, I have a have a complaint uh, with wargaming. What do you guys first off? Let's 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 ask you guys. What do you think about the Strasbourg? Do you think it's a worthy ship to bust your butt and get through that campaign? As someone who used a Dunkirk for the first time uh, back in November, um, I. My goal was to die, and I almost did not achieve that goal uh, while in the Dunkirk. It's a s amazing ship, and the Strasbourg is a 
better but Dunkirk. So, well, yeah, from what I understand, Strasbourg is supposed to be kind of like Champagne, where it's uh, kind of like Slava in that sense, where it's doesn't have a whole lot of armor, but the guns are really accurate. I've not played Strasbourg, so I I don't really know if it's going to be worth it or not. I mean, the missions for the campaign are all really easy, so I don't see why anybody wouldn't end up getting it. I welled out with the uh, Christmas crates this year, and um, I didn't did not well out with buying the Strasbourg, but I've played against it. Uh, probably three or four times now. And from what I've seen, I'm not impressed. Um, it dies pretty fast. That's that's all I can say. Well, that that's what I was looking at. I'm, I'm looking at it, and it looks to me like a smaller John Bart. It's got all of its guns up front. It's got secondary, but it doesn't have the range that the Bart has. I mean, it's a tier seven. It makes sense, but I mean, it's got 26 millimeter all the way around it. That thing is going to get smoked. So I mean, you're going to have to figure out how to play it. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, so does every other tier seven battleship. I I guess that's true. So I mean, I I, I give you that. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, do I really want to bust my butt? Because I haven't been on a whole bunch due to the holidays and whatnot, and and a lot of extra work, and. Do I really want to bust my butt, get in there, and really try hard to get through this campaign? Which there's the other, uh, the, the real complaint comes in is is they only give you a certain amount of time to get all these done, and you've got to get the one campaign done before you can even get into the other one. And I'm looking at it like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother because what's the point? I, I I'd rather focus on on the dockyard, the Heisen, you know, those other three ships. I don't know, man. I just I don't like the campaigns that are so minimal amount of time to get through all of them. I mean, yes, they are fairly easy; you can get through them. But when you don't have a ton of time, you're going to miss out on these, and it 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 kind of sucks. But I guess it is what it is. Well, uh, the way they sell also- campaigns, um, they're they're very difficult because what it you got a week after you finish the first one to get to the second one. I mean, it, it's difficult, but at the same time, um, one of the campaigns offers you a bunch of ships you probably already have um, or have access to. Um, the Strasbourg is a ship you do not have at the moment or do right. not have access to at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, it's a grind, but I mean, when has warships been any different? Yeah, I think I think you should go for it. I, I think my complaint there is I don't have the time to get it all knocked out and get the dockyard done at the same time. If they were to space those out a little bit or drop a dockyard first and then give us something like these additional bonuses, these other campaigns to do after the dockyard was done before the next big thing comes out, that I think would have been a better deal. But all at the same time, I don't have the time. I'm going to flat out miss out on one or the other. I've got to pick one. And for me, I'm looking at my port, and I don't have a whole lot of Japanese ships. I've got a good bunch of French and all the other nations. I don't have a lot of Japanese ships. This is the time to jump in and get a couple of premiums out of that, even though you know it's a Tier 2, Tier 5, and then 9. I think that's probably my best bet is to shoot that uh, shoot towards the Heisen and just give up on the Strasbourg, which is frustrating. I like French battleships. I probably would like that one too, but 
I don't know. I guess I have to miss out. Well, Cyber, I, I have to ask this question. What's keeping you from doing both? Because you have three campaign slots, as long as you have premium. Um, and a lot of the campaigns and the uh, the stuff in the dark yard can overlap. Yeah, like, I, I know that. Yeah. I know that. I'm just looking at the amount of time that's left. What is it, 15, 16 days, something like that? Uh, I know. I think it's a little bit longer than that. Hold on. Two. Yeah, and, and the other thing, I've completed... All the missions, at least like I've gotten all the stars to get to the next stage on the first day that the stage of the missions releases every time for the Strasbourg missions. Like none of them are very hard. And I know that said, way. mission three doesn't unlock until tomorrow anyway. So we right. have, um, you can set it up and and knock them out as you're trying to focus on the dockyard and they'll just be delightful afterthoughts when you get back and you see a gold star like oh hey like, yeah i fully expect that i'll be able to complete both campaigns the without buying the strasbourg outright i'll only have about a week to do the the second campaign but i think i'll be able to do it that's what i was going to say you so getting the strasbourg because it's in the first campaign may not be so hard especially if you overlap it like uh phoenix said um but that second campaign where you've only got a week left yeah if you want to finish that no that that um, that i've already written off there's no way i'm going to get to that one and that's not a big deal like you said that's a bunch of ships i could just get in the tech trees anyway um now the strasburg was something i had interest in and, and i I'm, I'm on the final task of the first mission finally but like i said i, I get two to three hours a night after work. I might get a chance this weekend to put in some time, maybe next weekend, and maybe I'll have the following weekend yet. I don't know. But by then it'll be winding down and almost over. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to really I, – I do have all three of those set up on the on the, uh, on the the uh, the tabs there, the three uh, tasks to complete. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to have to give it a go and, and see what happens. But I, I – I'm not surprised if I don't end up getting it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna end up with a full week after all of those Strasbourg missions are unlocked. A little bit more than a week, I think, like eight days actually, or so, um, to uh, keep working on it because they, they're gonna unlock once a week up until the end. So as long as uh, um, you're making sure you put new ones in there and uh, they're they're coinciding with what you're trying to do, you should easily be able to knock it out. Uh, Cyber, I know you're really busy with, uh, you know, family things and stuff like that, but I do know how much you love the friendships. I do. Um, so if you can find the time, sir, I would definitely put the effort into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. It would be nice if I could get that, that, uh, final one done in the, in the first and then get into the second one and, and start knocking a bunch of those out and, uh, Keep working towards the dockyard, too. Um, I think I'm on stage, I forget, 12, 13, but I whaled the first 10 anyway, you know, because I knew I wasn't going to have a chance to get it all done with, with the craziness that's been ongoing with work and, and home life. So I wanted to get a jump on that so I could hopefully get into that at the end. And you had to spend anyway if you want, needed to, to complete it. So made sense just to get the jump and, and see where I'm at. But all right, well, I just wanted to check first if it was worth all that effort and then, you know, what you guys thought on it. And, but, but we can move on. I actually on. have an interesting statement on that, the, okay. the dockyard saying about skipping the stages. Um, 
if you already have the Yahagi in your port, uh, by the time you when you reach that stage, you'll get the doubloon value of it, which I think is four thousand, which is enough to skip the stages that you need to complete complete it if you complete all the missions. So it is oh. possible if you already have that ship to get the Heisen completely for free. Which, uh, assuming I, I can that. complete all the missions, I will be able to do. That Sweet. is a uh, point, but I did not have the Yahagi, so I kind of weld that too. Yeah, I didn't either. I could have mandoed that too. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> well, he's not even here he can't even defend himself well that's okay that's okay that's part of it. <laughs> you know what let's uh let's take a quick pause here because we're about the halfway point let's take a quick pause do our little bathroom breaks whatnot get a sponsor plug in there and then uh then we'll be right back all right we're back um we were starting to talk about the dockyard before we went to the break i wanted to check since we were talking about it what do you guys think about the the dockyard this time around? I mean, <laughs> do we have any complaints on it? Do we like it? I mean, it seems to be similar to the last couple. They've they've made a few adjustments, but now there's three ships instead of just random monies, which is good. I mean, a tier two, a tier five, and then the nine. I'm kind of excited about the highs, and uh, what do you guys think? I think they made I'm it a little easier than normal. I think uh, from what I've looked at, like the progression, like I'm I'm finishing it within the first day, maybe two of each stage. Um, I think they've made it a little easier than normal, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, it's a good thing for a player, obviously, but um, yeah, I'm 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 winning. That's a good thing. Yeah, Hyzen looks like it's shaking up to be a good tier 9 premium. For people who don't have ships like Georgia, Jean Bart, uh, Musashi especially, it's going to be a really good addition to their ports. Um, it, sh it should be a good moneymaker, and if you can get it for only the cost of like 4,000 doubloons, that's a tier 9 premium for not a heck of a lot of money. And I don't think any of the missions are that tough. And um, no, although it's be you do tend to need a good, you know, you need you do have to have a fair selection of ships to be able to do them. But if you have at least something decent, you know, you have at least a good a good ship that you're comfortable with with the for each game type or for each ship type, if you really set your mind to it and really focus on those missions, I think it's more than doable. Do we know it's going to be a good moneymaker? It's a tier 9 premium. I'm sure it has the same credit multipliers as all the other ones. Yeah, I would think so. I, I, I mean, ship has its own uh, credit multiplier, doesn't it? The tier 9 premiums all have the same. As as someone who uh, was really excited about the, the prospect of the Anchorage coming out and for the last dockyard, and I went and I got it, and then I, when I when I finally had the ship in my port and I took her out and it I it I was a magnet for citadels and I couldn't do anything. I felt like it was uh, awful, terrible, and it, it I I felt like I had wasted what little money I was able to scroll away to uh, purchase a doubloons in order to uh, uh, get it. With this one, uh, even if it's even if the Heisen is is trash, um, it's a premium ship for uh, that I 
uh, for a tier that I don't have. And I get two other premium ships that, you know, from other tiers that I also didn't have. I didn't have, I only had, well, no, I take it back. I had three tier five premiums, but uh, I didn't have a, uh, a good cruiser, like even a Japanese cruiser. So now I have something else to use for naval battles or for uh, just, you know, hanging out with people and, and diving up in lower tiers. I feel like I have something I can, I, I feel comfortable bringing to the table. So I think this dockyard is, uh, it's definitely giving you a little bit more for the money you're going to put into it. If you do put any money into it. And I think that's what they should be doing from now on because just spending for that anchorage, I, I almost never wanted to try a dockyard again. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one thing I was looking at is the, I spend 9,900 doubloons to get the first 10 because I wanted to get a jump due to the work schedule and not knowing if I was going to be able to complete it by myself without having a decent amount of assistance like that. So what I did is did that, the 9,900 doubloons, and I thought to myself, theoretically, if I put in the time, get get the 16 additional ones knocked out, I've already put the money in that's required, a little bit more actually, and that's fine because I look at it, 9,900 doubloons, I'm getting, yeah, it's a tier two, but it's still a premium, a uh, tier five premium, and a tier nine premium, potentially that's three premium ships for less than the price of what the tier nine would have costed if it's in it in the, you know, in the doubloon uh, premium shop. So, yeah, I mean, to me that it makes sense and I'm getting three for the less than the price of one. That's kind of a no brainer. And I have almost no Japanese ships in my port. So I figured, you know, I've got a handful of captains sitting there that are Japanese. I'd like to get them out of my reserves and give them something to do. So, <laughs> So I got a question though. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about um, this ship is the premier uh, prom ship to make money on. So if you have a ship that you bought or you won, it's a premium ship. You're telling me that there's no difference based on tier and the amount of money that you can make in a match, right? If they're all the same tier. You're talking about the base earning potential per ship? Yes, because like people always say, oh, this ship's a money ship. It's a money ship. This is the one that's giving me the most money. Now, is that based on their ability to play? Or is that based on the fact that they have a higher percentage of earning? It's well, based on a few things. Yeah, they say pretty all much the, all the premium were the same, with the exception yeah. of Missouri. But I think the Missouri not anymore. They they pulled back, right? The Missouri now they um, when Musashi was introduced, I believe. No, it wasn't even when Musashi was introduced. It was probably when like Musashi was removed and Jean Bart was put in. When they started adding more tier nine premiums, anyway, uh, it, irrelevant. Missouri has the same credit multiplier as the rest of them as the rest of the tier 9 premiums, and tier 8s have their own, tier 7s have their own, etc., etc., etc. The thing that makes something a good moneymaker or a not good moneymaker is its potential to get high XP. For example, 
I find that Georgia and Jean Bart are excellent moneymakers because they're able to consistently get good amounts of XP, whereas something like, uh, oh, I don't know, Musashi is a good example because you can't really... Um, you, you're doing a lot more damage to battleships for one thing, which is not necessarily... That doesn't get you as much XP as it does for damaging cruisers and destroyers. Or... Um, you might not be getting as many kills, or you're shooting from longer range, you're not spotting. It, you kind of the best money makers are the ships that do everything. That's why destroyer premium destroyers like Kid make so much money because you can get a really high XP fairly easily with them. So the credit multiplier is the same, but the not a multiplier, but the the ability to get XP and by extension credits is different between ships just because of how they play. It's the damage same reason potential. as why carriers can never get good XP because spotting damage just doesn't get you very much as damage as much as damage right, does. Right. So the 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 tier itself is the same, but it's the ship and the player's ability to do what they can with that ship that gets you the most money. Yeah, like I make. I make way more money in Musashi than I do in Jean Bart just because I play it better. That makes but sense. that has okay. nothing to do with the credit multiplier of the ship. It's just because I play it better. So, back to the Heisen. Do we think that one's going to be a, a good moneymaker then? I haven't seen I don't it yet. see why it wouldn't be. I mean, all the Tier 9 premiums make really good money. You know, I say I make better money in the Musashi than I do in the Jean Bart, but that's like, you know, 750,000 credits as opposed to 600,000 credits. You know, you're still making <laughs> boatloads of money. <laughs> wow. Tier 9 premiums just make so much money. Right. So I don't see why Heisen would be any different than that, unless... Wargaming decides to pull a fast one on us and make it a special ship rather than a premium ship, which would mean it would get the same uh, it would get tech tree credit what? multipliers. That's why the tier 10 premiums don't make as much money as the tier 9s because they're not technically premiums, they're special ships, right. so they don't get the, the credit multiplier, they get tech tree credit multipliers just with the they make the same amount of money as a tech tree ship with a permanent camo is what I'm trying to say right what are we you know I, I'm sure some of us have played against a few Heisens what are our early thoughts on these what, what do you think of the guns what do you think of its its armor does it start fires really Fair. well I've watched a couple of reviews on it. Uh, from what I understand, it has the same guns as Izumo, but one more turret. 38 seconds base reload, though. That's, like, a lot. That's long. But 12 guns, 12 410mm guns at Tier 9, that's, like, Montana levels of firepower at Tier 9. So it's, I think it's going to be a good ship. Obviously, you're not getting overmatch on battleships like you do with Musashi, but it's... Uh, I think it's going to be good, but well, I mean, I'll we'll have to check back in a in a yeah. month or so once some of us have it and revisit this. Right, and, and and that was that was the big thing for me is you know one like I said before don't have a lot of Japanese ships uh, represented in my port. The other thing is I missed out on Musashi. That's one of the ships that I've always wanted to have and I never got due to my not being around when it was out it disappeared before i came back you know taking hiatus from the game time and whatnot and uh i thought you know what the heisen looks solid it's a tier nine it's a premium i can get out there get into a japanese ship a battleship at that and and get out there and and you know 
at least feel like I've made up for not having the Musashi, and I'm hoping that yeah, I can get I it. And then it, yeah, that, I, that's I that's my hope. Missouri. Yeah, I missed out on Missouri, and I'm yeah, still kicking too. myself over that. I did too, but I'm not too upset because it's American ship, and and I just don't play those near as good as I play some of the others. So. But uh, Japanese, I definitely like to give a give a good shot to, and hopefully, hopefully, it's the one to go. I'm I'm kind of excited for it. It's got uh, a lot of guns. Uh, it doesn't seem to be uh, uh, horribly slow. Um, its concealment's not it leaves a little bit to be desired. But I mean, I'm looking at the ship and. Uh, I kind of want to do something stupid with it and throw a bunch of secondaries on it and uh, just go see what it does. But uh, from what I've seen, I uh, the the Heisens are so far away from me on the ship or on the on the battlefield that I can't even get a chance to interact with it or watch it to see how it performs. So I've only seen a, a, a few of them out there, but I haven't had a chance to do anything up close with them. Yeah, I I want it. Um, I think it'd be fun to play, but I do have a question for you and anybody out there in the audience. When's the last time a dockyard ship's been OP? That's a really good point, actually. The Puerto Rico was always considered kind of meh. Odin's kind of meh. Anchorage is a kind of meh. None of them are bad. I don't particularly yeah. like the Odin, but it's not a bad ship. I, I, I happen like it. to like the Anchorage, but I don't think it's exceptional. So yeah, I think you're probably right. I think the Pison's going to be, uh, dare yeah. I say, balanced. Yeah, that might be the way that way to look at it. I mean, I en- I enjoy so the heck out of the Odin. That. It's so funny thinking on. about that because people always say, "Wow, this ship's just—it doesn't suck, but it's like it's not overpowered. So like it's just—I don't know—it's kind of meh." And I'm thinking like. So it's balanced. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. To, to piggyback on that then. When the Odin first came out, um, a lot of people didn't realize it had torpedoes and the ship had great success early on. And once they realized it had torpedoes, it was game over. I mean... Yeah. I still have success in it. I don't play it a lot, but I do, I, I do play it and I do enjoy it. I think it's a fun ship. It just takes a little getting used to, that's all. And just like any other ship, you put your time into it, you figure out its strengths, its weaknesses, and you know you can do all right with it. Um, but what I was going to say is to, to kind of take this topic and give it a little twist. We've had a handful of different dockyards now. Any predictions what country is going to be represented in the next dockyard? Uh, so what have, what have we had now? It went American... German, American, Japanese. Right. It'll be Pan European. We're gonna. They're, they're gonna well, Russian that line. I, I could see it being Russian. I would have said French, but now they got the Strasbourg in a campaign, so I would doubt yeah. that that's the case. So maybe, maybe Russian. I, mean, if, if I could see it being Russian. If you're following the pattern, it's probably going to be American again. No, I, I actually think it's going to be Pan European, and they're going to go cruisers. I really do. I. That's what I think. You know what? I think it'll be something different. I think it's going to be Italian because they might start pushing. Uh, Ooh, the Italian battleship. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that might be true. Coming, that we already know that. That doesn't count. They're no, no, no. It's no. either going to be. I think it's either going to be Russian, 
Russian, French, or Italian? Or I know that's three guesses, but it's going to be one of those three. I, I oh, now that I now think. that you say it, I think there's enough premium Russians. I think there's a, a big tech tree there. But the Italian tech tree, we know the battleships are coming. They're in testing. It wouldn't surprise me if they threw a premium battleship from Italy in a dockyard. Are we forgetting about a nation? Well, I mean, you got the Pan-Asian, the British. Great Britain. Yeah. Oh, British. It could, there could be a British, maybe British. I, honestly, it's anyone's well, I game. Mean, I mean, technically, if you really want to go out there on a limb, you could say Brazilian because we already have one. Yeah. Um, I'm looking know. at the, the my expanded tech tree here, um, and there's a couple, uh, a couple ships with the soon tag on them. Uh, like the Werner Voss, it's a carrier. So who knows? We might get That's it. Also tier ten, though. Yeah. I can't see them. I can't see them doing a tier ten. No, I don't either. Oh, no, definitely not. But um, because of things like that, uh, there is. I just saw a Russian. Load up, please. Um, the Borodino. Borodino. It's a tier eight battleship. Um. It's a small battleship uh, converted in around 1952. It's got heavy guns around the fore end, so it's, it looks like a Lenin, it basically. Why don't we do a uh, contest on this? Let's do <laughs> a weekend pass, and they can vote for Nimitz, or they can vote for Sock, or they can vote for Cyber. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying that I see information in the, the expanded tech tree so who knows well my my gut feeling tells me the the italians are probably going to be it just because they're about to launch the the battleship line and it makes sense to launch a big premium in there maybe they'll even put the roma in there somewhere too you know i don't know i would I say mean, put the roma in the dockyard no nah, i don't know well, it's already it's exists not, yeah, they've always yeah, introduced new ships yep yep yeah. No, absolutely not. Well, the final stage of the dockyard, yes, new ship, but they do throw in some lower tier stuff. So if okay, if yeah. they were if they were going to put like the Roma in there, that's already what a tier seven, tier yeah, eight, tier eight. So if they you, were going to put the Roma have in, it would have to be a tier ten. Right, it would have to be a tier ten. Marco Polo, so that's coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's possibilities, but honestly, I I would like to see I would like to see the next dockyard be uh, Italian. Yeah, that I would, would I would, would too. But uh, but another thing throws me here is we haven't had all battleships, have we? Hasn't there been cruisers built? Mm-hmm. Yes. So have. we've we've had yeah, cruisers, we've had battleships, no carriers, no destroyers. What if the Lapland ends up as the European destroyer? At that, That's at what the next I was dockyard. saying. I think they're going to go with European this time. I really do. And I, I actually think it's going to be a cruiser, but it could be a destroyer. And if it was, that'd be amazing. Yeah, we haven't we haven't built a destroyer in a dockyard, nor have we done a carrier for that matter. But Perhaps that's what they're getting ready to get rid of the Smallland for. Maybe. Maybe the Lapland is going to come out that's, and replace it. That's what so far, it has been pattern of cruiser, battleship, cruiser, battleship. Right. Cruiser. So maybe they'll throw something Yeah, else but also, it. like, we can kind of forget about the Puerto Rico, because that was... That was a failed attempt. I think, yeah, I think they want to forget about the Puerto Rico as well. 
Yeah, but they learned from it and they moved on. And I think the rest of the dockyards have been pretty successful since. That, and so. you know, if, if the Puerto Rico hadn't been such a failure of a dockyard, um, they would never have made the dockyard better. And I think the dockyard has become a pretty good system. Right. Like it again, is, yeah. hats off to the art department for the build process. Like that's hands down the coolest thing in this yeah, game. Yeah, I will say mm -hmm. that is pretty darn cool. And uh, the chat room likes the DD building option, but they're very unhappy with wargaming if they go carrier. So, <laughs> so there's that. I'd be really happy with a carrier. I, I well, those of us that play them, sure. But a lot of people yeah, like KJ would never bother, and there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't. Sorry to disagree with the chat room, but um, I mean, I think that'd be really cool. I think it would, I think it probably have to be a little bit harder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they need to definitely throw out some duties there too to balance. We're always talking about balance, always. So yep. um, maybe a DD, a carrier alternative thing kind of going on. That'd be cool. Mm. Well, how about I, uh, we uh, we we move to the uh, weekly grind segment and and move out of the dock here? We've had a lot of talk about that and even some hypothetical thinking here. Um, something that we haven't touched on a, a, a tech tree line, and it, it has a split in it, so we can just cover either side. It doesn't matter, or both. Might as well do both. Let's go with the Imperial Japanese Navy destroyers. Now, I'm surprised after all the stuff we've talked about, we have not covered these yet. It was a surprise to me to go through and not find these already on our list. I know there's some destroyer drivers out there. A lot of you guys like some of these ships. Up in the air. Somebody go with it. <laughs> I'm in. Well, I, this is one I can talk about. Good, um, yay. Because... The uh, that was my second uh, tech tree line I completed. Well, one one half of it at least to the shimmy. Um, the shimmy, the shimikaze. I uh, uh, that that ship. Um, I was taken aback by just the sheer amount of torpedoes it could put into the water. Um, but then I also realized a lot of the boat's uh, shortcomings. Uh, as it progressed down that line, and they the torpedoes basically increased, but the quality of torpedoes slightly decreased. Um, one of the biggest parts of uh, the Japanese destroyer line is their torpedoes hit really hard, and they usually go very far. Um, the base torpedoes on a Shimikaze reach 20 kilometers before you do anything to it. Right. Um, even Actually, early, the base. Isn't that the base? Oh, the base is 15. No, can't be. No, the base base torpedoes on Shimakaze are the 20 kilometers. Yeah, and, and then you can upgrade. The upgrades. Yeah. Um, I have built you that ship to get to 20. different ways. No, the 20s no. Are, are the stocks. Stock, stock 20. Stock ones. They don't hit as hard. Nope. But uh, they also uh, don't move as fast. Um, right. Yeah, and they're visible from. I think their detection range is like two kilometers or something ridiculous. Uh, uh, okay, you're I right. Okay. But I will say the sheer number of those in the water at one time 
is enough to freak out any ship, even though you know you're a ways away from them. You're wondering, okay, where was he when he launched those? And are they going to reach me? Because when they do, I'm going to eat like six of them, and it's not going to be fun. Right. Yeah, the the infamous <laughs> wall of skill. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a very so, interesting. Well, I don't I don't use the twenties. I use fifteens. Um, and I actually thought about using the eights. Um, well, but I mean, that's not at, suicide. No, at, at twenty, no, I actually think the eights are viable. I really do. But um, I think at twenty. Uh, because of the visibility factor, you're probably not going to hit a whole lot. I mean, you're not, you're not a what's that? On Pan Asian twenty oh. kilometer guy. I know what you're talking about. You well, I think I think you're thinking of Asashio. Yes, that guy. You're not him. Japan. Yeah, um, yeah that's got the the deep. Right. Exactly. And so your visibility with a 20 kilometer, I don't know. I mean, it, it works, but it's not really viable. It's not like. Well, here's, here's one thing you got to keep in mind as you're going down the, the left side of the dis- Japanese destroyer line is um, they, they, they kind of go in. Uh, a triplicate set and then pairs. Um, the Fubuki um, is a really nice uh, introduction to what a torpedo boat can be capable of. Then you move the Akasuki and it's a little bit better. You hit the Kagero and it changes on you like a, a drastic change. And it doesn't specify, it doesn't have a little eye symbol separating it from the others. Um, but there is a definite change when you go from the Akasuki to the Kagero. You, it's, it becomes very hard to play with and use the same tactics you had before. So how does though, how does it change in your um, opinion? What do you? I've not played that line, so I don't know. The from the Akasuki, you have uh, ten kilometer range, sixty five knots, uh, uh, three sets of three torpedoes. You get to the Kagero, and you have oh, where you get two sets of four. You get the two sets of four with the same range, um, but they also uh, start hitting a lot harder. You go from 17k on the Akasuki to uh, 20k on the Kagero, um, but they, the the reload time is uh, significantly increased. You go from 76 seconds to 100 seconds. So things change abruptly. You're used to dropping one or two racks and holding one back. Now you're dropping one rack of four that can still be seen from orbit. They move at the same speed. It's like the same torpedo, just with bigger warhead on it. It's not until you get to the Yugamo that it starts to expand out a little bit. And then the Yugamo gets you ready for the Shimikaze. Um, and so, I got a question. Go and- so, like, out of all the destroyers I've played, and I've played quite a few of them. Much more than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Tier 9 has always been my favorite in every 
tier that I've played, every nation that I've ever played, until I got to the Japanese. I liked the Yigamo. I thought it was awesome. Um, but I thought the Shimakaze was better. So why do you think that is? Well, the Yigamo has uh, the same kind of torpedo setup, two racks of four, um, as the Kagero. But again, the torpedoes got another damage buff. So now we're, we went from 20k to 23k. Like, just one of these is enough to um, make a battleship start sweating um, with the amount of damage it can do. Um, the range increases to 12 kilometers. 70 knot torpedo speed. But again, your torpedoes are practically seen from orbit at like uh, almost 2 kilometers out, 1.7 kilometers out. Um, it's just when you get the Shimikaze, the increase is insane because you go from two sets of four to three sets of five. Yeah. That's a heck of a wall. Yeah. Um, your base torpedo range goes to 20 kilometers. The speed drops a little bit, but you're also still doing 20,000 damage, uh, a torpedo. Um, the great part about the shimikaze in my opinion is the ability to build it differently you can build um when when i first got it i uh, i was weird and i uh added some extra speed on my torpedoes um kept the 20 uh the 20 kilometer torpedoes but that extra speed dropped into 16 kilometers and when you see a shimikaze and you see this wall of skill you know floating out in the water you're thinking Man, those are going to reach me. Those are going the distance. Um, so you might think, I need to start moving. And it's because of that, now you're brought to uh, one of my teammates who can just punish you for making a very poor life choice. Um, I've switched it up to using the 12-kilometer ones. Wait, wait, you have teammates that actually support you? <laughs> called you guys and uh, <laughs> no, not, not my clan not my clan I'm talking about <laughs> random battles hey in, in a random battle there's a lot of people doing a lot of things and some people are out there just looking for ships to mess up and turn broadside just saying right. uh, the Shimikaze is versatile um, the only drawback is real slow reload for the torpedoes they move real slow um the ship doesn't have great guns. Uh, it's 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 best thing to do is stay unseen and put down torpedoes to destroy or harass the enemy team. And it's a good support ship, and it's a it's a good hunter seeker to annihilate other ships. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I was gonna say. It, it its major strength is it is one of the hardest ships, if not the hardest ship, to detect on a map. Period. Beyond all other DDs, it is near impossible to spot. When you spot it, you gotta take it out quick, or it's gonna hurt. And it may even hurt you. I have seen a number of pink shimikazes out there in the water due to those twenty twenty k torps floating for a long time, taking out teammates that weren't paying attention. I want to solve that problem. Except yeah. now, if he does run into them, they're likely dead. Right. Because my want, torpedoes do twenty three thousand damage now, and it's <laughs> nuts. I want to say, um, I 
think that it was one of the ships in the game that's been the most power crept. I really do. Uh, but I still think it's viable. As long as you don't use the 20k torps, I still think it's viable. And I still think it's uh, a threat. Uh, like when I see one pop up on the map, I'm not a fan. Well, how about how about the other side of that line where it goes to the Harugamo? What are you guys thinking about that one? Uh, I, I've I've heard somebody in our our Discord the other day talk about how OP it was. So that that's kind of a surprise for me to hear that one was kind of a power crep. But that's the gunboat side of things. What are your thoughts? I mean, they don't have the best guns compared to a lot of the other destroyers out there, and they don't have a ton of torps compared to the Shimikaze, but what are your thoughts to anybody that wants to go up the gunship side? Well, you said Yugamo, and I think you... Harugamo. Misspoke. Oh, but, he did, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's Akazuki, the Kitakaze, and uh, the Harugamo. And uh, I don't know about the Rugamo because I ain't been there yet. But um, I see more Kitakazis than anything else. Right. The uh, uh, that go away. The, the, <laughs> the Kitakazi just got debuffed, and it's still freaking too strong. I mean, it's like it's garbage at a tier nine. I mean, it, he pops smoke, and he will burn down a battleship to death almost immediately it's it's stupid yeah they don't have to have the best guns that just the sheer amount of shells that they can kick out and the fires that they can start is just unbelievable a three second reload time and that's base that's yeah. that's nothing really. that is you, you can get that down to like 1.9 i think it's, yeah. yep it's I, right it's right up there I've with the daring I've I've only gone against uh, uh, the Japanese destroyers, um, and really, the the times that they are the most terrifying is when you cannot see them, uh, or you're in another destroyer that is a, a Shimikaze, um, because they can and will outgun you. Um, it is it is the I would say if you want to play uh, because they also have. Pretty good concealment, uh, considering uh, you can you can easily play uh, the gunboat line. They're definitely going to be a lot more maneuverable. Um, they're a lot harder to, to hit um, because they're a little bit quicker. But honestly, it, it really depends on your play style. Do you like knife fighting? Do you like being seen or not seen? Or do you like totally being unseen and... Uh, just send torpedoes towards your enemies. It's it's a totally different kind of play style. I will say, um, my uh, Japanese gunboat skills are a little lacking, but what I have figured out is uh, it's not um, uh, just about the smoke. You got to know when to pop the smoke. That's what's most important. Um, you have to have ships, uh, spotting for you. Um, and then you got to know which ship to hit. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as easy as you think it is. These guys rack up major numbers. Doesn't mean you can do that. I mean, it's, it, it's definitely an acquired skill for sure. 
All right, well, why don't we wrap up and, and head towards parting shots? We are over our time. So, KJ, why don't we start with you? Uh, nothing major this week. Um, hope everybody had a good uh, Christmas, New Year's, holidays, all that good stuff. Everybody stayed safe. Um, that's about it. I've just been enjoying my couple of days off, so hey. <laughs> all right, Nightmare, how about you? Uh, I have a button over here to... Uh push so i can talk yep does work when both hands are not near that button keep both <laughs> hands on the wheel i mean uh i would say uh the parting shot is uh it's a new year uh so happy new year um it's time to uh look ahead and uh not do what we did in the past that uh, we might have considered a mistake. So it's a fresh start to do things, try something new. And uh, uh, I say uh, challenge yourself to do something uh, different. Play a carrier. Play a carrier. Play a carrier. <laughs> KJ. Uh, watch your card. <laughs> no. Um, oh, actually, you know what? That's, that, that'll be my official parting shot. Um, use the, the, the compliments. Uh, more so than your reports in, in World of Warships. You find a guy on your team or the enemy team that did really well. They supported you. You asked for help. They were there. They said, yes, I'm on my way. I'm going to help you. Uh, throw that guy a compliment. Or girl, whatever. You know, I'm not judging. Uh, be be a positive force this year. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I got for that. All right, Nimitz, what do you got? Well, I'm a gambler. And uh, not a lot of people are, but uh, you know what? If you like to gamble and you don't like to lose, then don't press the button. All I'm saying is uh, Christmas crates came out. A lot of people <laughs> disappointed. You know what? I didn't have all the ships. I didn't actually like what I got because I didn't have all the ships. So uh, don't press the button. If you don't like to gamble, get out. All right, Sock, what do you got? Well, um, as we mentioned for the last few weeks, we had a contest going on which closed on uh, New Year's Eve, whatever night that was, Thursday night. And before we recorded the show this evening, we went over my short list of games. Uh, there were three games out of all the submissions that we came across that I made into a short list, and we did a commentary on each one. And the winner will be made into a YouTube video at some point in the future when I get around to actually learning how to do video editing properly. And when I can get the time to do it properly and whatever. So that might be a few months away, but anyway, I digress. The winner is a member of our clan, uh, Bucky60Ball1, with his game in the Neustra Shimmy. He had a fantastic match. I, I was... Uh, quite happy to look at that it was it was uh, a very very impressive game he's he's quite the destroyer player but anyway congratulations to you i don't know if he actually listens to the show or not i'm going to send him a message after we finish recording to make sure that he knows um and mando will be in touch at some point about the prize i know he's not here tonight but he has been informed of who won so 
And also on the same lines of contests, the clan's first anniversary, our first birthday is coming up uh, the middle of next month, I believe February 20th, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to do some kind of a contest around there celebrating that. So if you guys have any ideas on what we can do for the contest in terms of the subject, you know, like what we did for the first contest, which was damage, or this one, which is open replay, I'm open to anything. Shoot me your ideas either send it to the email associated with the contests or you can send it to the podcast email, which is in the description. What is it? The full broadside at gmail.com. That's I should correct. know this by yep, now. Yep, it is. So send it to the, the full broadside at gmail.com and with your um, suggestions for what the contest should be. And who knows, you might, your idea might just get selected. So we'll have a little more information in the coming weeks on what will, on what this next contest will entail. But uh, yeah, for now that's all from me. All right, yeah, and and uh, for me, you know, everybody, uh, I'm glad everybody was able to get back, uh, had a good, safe holidays, and uh, it was nice to be back after a two week hiatus. Uh, we we needed to do that. All of us had, you know real life things that we had to deal with. So holidays think, and whatnot. And I uh, think that we can do another, do another show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we probably missed out on an awful lot of stuff we could have covered, but we'll save it for next week. It's fine. But, uh, thanks to the guys that, that showed up in the chat room tonight, uh, Paul snow dog, crimson moon hero, and, uh, Partridge is here for a while. He had to bail. Uh, Amanda wasn't here, but he messaged a few times during the show, so it was kind of nice to see. He's on the road doing some stuff with the fam. But, uh, yeah, thanks for everybody that uh, that came hang out with us and uh, and support the show. Appreciate it. And uh, we should be back again uh, at you next week. And uh, it, it's been fun. It's It's been a nice two weeks off, but it was good to get back in the studio and uh, hang out with my buds and record again. So, This has been The Full Broadside. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you all soon. Take care. Music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.